0: Welcome to the HR Community Podcast.
1: My name is Shane O'Neill, founder of Civitas Task Talent, the HR and HSC recruitment community. Each episode, we will host HR leaders and discuss their journey and discover best practice HR solutions across the HR industry. Whether you're a CEO, HR executive, or operating across the wider HR space, this podcast is for you. Please like and subscribe, and don't forget to comment and share your views. Enjoy the episode. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the HR Community Podcast. Um, Today, we've got a great HR leader on the show. Um, I'll give you a quick intro into Christian. So Christian Campanella is the HR Communications and Sustainability Director at Pernod Ricard. Um, Welcome, Christian. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thanks for having me. No problem at all.
1: Sorry if I sound a bit muffly today. Um, I am a little bit under the weather, but uh, I, I had to uh, had to jump on today. I couldn't let this one slide. <laughs> Sounds um, good. Over to you. Um, just to to sort of give us a bit more of a, an overview. Question as to um, what you know what your role in, entails, and and obviously a bit about the business itself.
0: Yeah, sure. So um, as you said, I've got a bit of a broad role covering HR, comms and sustainability. Um, So I'll start with two Punaricard is firstly. So Punaricard, it's the the second largest wine and spirits company in the world. Um, So we're known mostly for our brands. So brands like Absolute Vodka, Jamison, Irish Whiskey, Mm. uh, Jacobs Creek Wine, St. Hugo Wine, and and the list goes on. I could be forever listing them off. So um, we sit uh, within that business um, and basically uh, we're what's called Punaricard Winemakers. So we're the global wine business for Pernod So we're headquartered here in Sydney. Um, we've got wine operations across uh, Spain, Australia, New Zealand, the US. Mm. So teams over there in vineyards, wineries and the like. Um, but also what we do is we also run the commercial sales business for Pernod Car within Australia and New Zealand as well. So we're, we're, you know, selling the full Wine Spirit Champagne portfolio as well. So, yeah, we're about uh, 1,5, 1,600 permanent employees. Um, at any one time, you could have three or 400 seasonal workers working for us in, in the vineyards and the wineries during harvest. Um, and like I said, yeah, we're headquartered here in, in Sydney.
1: Fantastic. All too familiar with most of those brands as well. So Very good. Yeah, <laughs> good to hear <laughs> Um, So look, in in terms of your background, Christian, um, could you tell us a little bit more about um, what got you into HR, where where it all started?
0: Yeah, for sure. So it it actually goes way, way back in terms of when I graduated from university, uh, I completed a a management degree, but specialising in operations and it was called logistics at that time. So supply chain, I guess. That's right. Um, and I got a a manufacturing graduate program placement with Arnott's Biscuits. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was in Adelaide, so I'm an Adelaide boy. And um, effectively what it was, it was a program that went for two years where you got to experience, you know, everything in the business. Um, so I was, you know, working in the, the bakehouse or on the, the actual packaging line or in the chocolate factory, so production, uh, planning, procurements, uh, a whole range of things. Never. And as part of that sort of cycle, um, I spent some time in HR. And um, it was quite funny because the, the time, you know, which fell in terms of when my, my sort of, you know, three-month window was in, in HR, at that time um, one of the, the permanent HR members of the team got called up to jury duty Oh wow! And um, it was quite a famous case in Adelaide. Oh, I won't go on about it, but basically, she was stuck in jury duty for twelve months. Wow. So So um, I was getting towards the end of of my sort of you know two year program, um, mm-hmm. and you know the HR manager at the time said, "Well, hey, you're in here working. You're you're working in the area that this person was was working in, which was a lot of like training development type stuff," mm-hmm. and they said. Are you interested in continuing, you know, to work in that area? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So so that's sort of how I got into it. So it was Amazing. more in that learning and development space. Um yeah. and then it just grew from there, to be honest. You know, I I really enjoyed it. I, I then sort of went into other areas in terms mm. of from a HR perspective within Arnott's. Um and then I got, you know, bitten by the travel bug with my partner. So we decided to go overseas to the UK and and I continued from there. I kept on doing HR stuff. And here I am after many different roles. So, yeah. Awesome. Amazing. And yeah.
1: has a lot of it been in the more sort of FMCG, consumer goods space, and,
0: and uh, industry wise? Oh, look, it's it's been random, to be honest. Mm. So, obviously, consumer goods at first with Arnott's. But uh, when I was in the UK, I, I worked in professional services. Mm. I worked with one of the local uh, councils, so the, the London Borough of Croydon. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. I worked with them. I worked with, uh, uh, in in the rail, so Mm. with Bombardier, they'd just taken over a piece of um, the rail network with all the privatisation. Worked in automotive when I came back, working for Holden. Yeah, right. And then, yeah, came into the, I guess, the the wine industry at first, but beverages more more broadly in terms of alcoholic beverages. So, so yeah, I've been lucky. I've sort of, you know, dabbled in a few different areas. Definitely. And and how would you comment or
1: or describe the transformation of HR in all those years? And I mean, through through all those different industries and yeah. locations, I'm sure you would have seen a lot of change.
0: Yeah, well, if I go way back, you know, yeah. it was it was called personnel That's management right. back there. So, you know, I'd say um, the the biggest change that I've seen is obviously the move from you know heavily transactional. Mm. To to more strategic, um, and you know, I think that's been assisted somewhat through technology as well. Mm-hmm. You know, in that there's a lot of technology that's come into play over the years. That's you know, somewhat given managers a lot more uh, autonomy and and empowered them to be able to mm-hmm. do things themselves. You know, things that we were having to almost data enter in a way beforehand, and and you know, that's then changed. The dynamics in terms of what HR do. And then I think the other thing that's happened over that time is, you know, this this realization of the fact that, you know, your business is only as good as your people. And you know, you need to to treat your people well and you need to invest in your people, you know, in order to get the best results. And I think again, that's just, you know, helped grow the brand HR, so to speak, in terms of having a seat at the table
1: yeah definitely and i mean now is is more clearer than ever how important it is when you look at the the war for talent which continues especially in yeah. your particular market um mm-hmm. what what would you sort of say or, or what kind of advice would you give to to companies around that i mean especially with your supply chain logistics it's in such high demand you know we're talking about yeah. external factors inflation and price hikes and stuff like that you know is there any advice that you'd give to other businesses operating operating in the space in regards to best practice h r and talent acquisition through these times yeah sure and
0: look i guess firstly what i'd say yeah. is is every industry is very different mm. You know, and I was having a dinner the other night with some other HR directors from a wide array of different uh, mm. industry sectors. And it was interesting talking about this because, you know, there's some sectors where, um, you know, for instance, they required engineers and mm. they were basically saying, look, in the past we required that, we were looking for that much. We've had to come back to that much now mm. because that's that's all we can find um, and we just need to accept that's what the market is at the moment, mm. and then we have to train, you know, up to a certain standard and so forth. And, you know, I think this is where you, you need to be highly adaptable in mm. terms of, um, you know, having some flex in terms of what you do and how you do it. But the other thing I'd say as well, though, is it comes back to you know this this um, this thing around you know your employer brand, your, mm. your EVP, and so forth. And and what I would say is, you know identify who you are as a business, what you stand for, and then stay true to that. It's, mm. it's almost like stop looking at everybody else, you know, and trying to be someone else and actually stand for something yourself and be yourself, yeah. you know, and it's not to say, you know, don't um, see what's going on in the market and all that. You know, that makes sense. You need to see what your landscape looks like, but, right. you know, Pick who you want to be and then stay Mm. true to that. And then how do you amplify that message out into the marketplace and and create, I guess, that unique selling proposition Mm. of who you are and and why do people want to be with you? Mm. You know? And it's not just about um, talent attraction. It's actually about talent retention. That's right. Because I can guarantee you every single person in your business is getting phone calls from recruiters, trying to poach them and trying to entice them. And it's, you know, what, why should they say, stay? What is that reason? You know what I mean? So it works both yeah. ways. works for your ta- talent internally and it works for those externally and trying to to, to, to attract. That's
1: right. That's right. Yeah. And. I mean, we talked a little bit about your your background initially and how you got into HR and um, big focus there on learning and development. And, mm-hmm. you know, as you would know, re- retention often refers back to a lot of that. Um, how are we retaining, developing, engaging our, our people? Do you yeah. think your initial sort of footprint in L&D sort of gave you the, um, I guess, the ability to, to be able to to... Work proactively with the business to set up a strategy that's focused on development and learning and and talent management, as opposed to just purely recruiting.
0: Uh, yes and no. Like yeah. uh, I, I would say, um, you know, it's it's a it's a complex equation when you look at you know why people want to work for an organisation and what they need and so yeah. forth. And and yes, you are correct. You know, the the point arounds providing people development opportunities, providing them career paths, you know, those sorts of things Mm. are are really, really important. But having said that, though, you know, there are hygiene factors as well that you need to make sure that you're on top of. So, you know, just simple things like your compensation and your benefit strategy in your organisation. You know, if you're not competitive and if you're not, I guess, providing something that's going to, again, give an anchor to why people want to be with your business... And It doesn't matter how much learning and development, and talent development you're doing. So so I think, you know, there are those hygiene factors that you need to make sure that you've got within, you know, your organisation. And then what's that that cream that sits at the top Mm. that really is your thing, you know, and that might be the development you give people. It might be the career paths you can offer. It mm. may be the compensation and benefits you provide. And, again, this is where it comes down to, um, you know, the differences with industries. Like, mm. say, for instance, if you're a non-for-profit as an example, right, it's, it's probably going to be more in that space of the development opportunities you can provide and things like that rather than the comp and ben. That's right. right? It's to do with the what's the purpose of what? the person is doing in that organisation, mm. you know, so you're probably tapping more on those sorts of things in order to, to, to attract and retain, you know, whereas it will look completely different, say, in a professional services organisation. Yeah. So I, I think it just depends on where you are in terms Definitely. of what the, the emphasis is. Yeah, that's right. And you touched on it
1: earlier. With regards to the transformation of HR over the past few years, um, and now it's quite a strategic role and and, and in most cases, actually part of the leadership table, which is great. Um, Noting your current role, and I've seen this quite a bit recently, is um, HR now... You know, having a communications element to the role or sustainability mm-hmm. um, part of the role. Like, talk to us a little bit, a bit about that. You know, what, what where's the, I guess, the, the linking between those um, different areas,
0: and and how important that is. Yeah. So, look, you know, I've had the communications and sustainability aspects now since the end of twenty, was it twenty yeah. nineteen, um, and. You know, one of the primary reasons I talk about communications first is, you know, a lot of what we do in HR links into comms in terms of, you know, articulating our messaging, uh, whether it's internally or externally. So there there was a hell of a lot of synergy around, you know, it's almost having the left and the right hands talking to each other. Um, And it's not to say, you know, there's a lot of other things that happen in communications that are very bespoke. Mm. to communications, don't get me wrong. Um, but there is also a lot of things that work in tandem. And We've found by bringing those two together, um, the, the positives that we've had come out of that have been huge in terms of just, you know, everyone singing off the same hymn sheet, mm. you know, and really getting quite tight in terms of our message house that we have, you know, both internally and externally. Um, on the sustainability front, There's two aspects to sustainability. One is, I guess, more so linked to communications in Mm. terms of positioning as a brand, as a company, you know, and the way we articulate what we're doing, what our ambitions are and all those sorts of things, and that's the link to comms. Mm. Um, The other one is the technical side of sustainability, right, which, you know, I've also got an aspect associated with that. So, you know, that one there... It's a little bit more random when it comes to the link to HR, the technical side of things. Mm. Um, But, look, it was one of those things where I was looking to get scratched and and it was an area which, you know, when you're talking about things like, you know, CO2 emissions and Mm. water use and renewable electricity and all this sort of stuff, it's a little bit different to the general discussions I have from HR perspective. So that, that was probably more development the opportunity than than linked to HR as such.
1: Yeah, but 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 also very important to note there as well. The question is um, that I mean the fact that, like you mentioned, it is a little bit random, but you know. I'm sure through that transformation of HR over the last couple of years, you know, pieces like culture at one point was probably a bit random for, for mm-hmm. a HR leader to have as part of their remit, And now it's like a critical piece. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, who knows that sustainability piece could become a lot more of a common element to, to the HR role in, in the next couple of years. Just, just on yeah. that, actually, um, I mean, we talked about sort of a bit more about the past and the present, like future, um, predictions what, what you know what what would you say could be some of the major challenges ahead for um people and culture practitioners out there and businesses
0: with with uh, hr yeah look I, I think the the biggest challenge is actually connected back to this question around future of work mm. and't I don't, I don't mean in the sense of flexibility and stuff like that right what what i'm talking about is uh, most organisations that I speak to, and this is the same for our organisation, are going through massive digital transformation mm. in their business, right? And it's happening everywhere. Like if I talk about our business, it's happening in the vineyards and the binaries, in our sales team, marketing, you name it, finance, etc. There's some form of digital transformation that's going on. And I think linking it back to future of work, it's this question of, okay, if I've won the clock forward in, say, three to five years' time, Mm. what's the configuration of my business going to look like? You know, how is work going to be done? What's the flow of the work? What are the skills and the capability requirements that I'm going to have in the future, right? And I think if you then couple that with particularly the environment, you know, in, in Australia and a lot of countries right now around the, yeah. the war for talent, you know, you need to have the strategy as, a, as an organisation around how are you going to reskill mm. your people in your business to do these these new roles or these or to be able to complete these new tasks or skills, right? And um, you can't just go out there and, and acquire these skills. Mm. It's not going to work, right? So, I think you know that for me is the biggest challenge: is getting the crystal ball out, doing a bit of you know, I guess, strategic workforce mm. planning around. What do I think things are going to look like? You know, therefore, what sort of plan do I need to have around, whether it's talent acquisition, mm. talent development, talent management, you know, you name it, um, all design, etc. What's my plan? Mm. You know, and I think that the plan isn't going to be uh, right, I would say, but it's better than having nothing. Um, um, so, you know, and it's, it's quite funny actually because our strategic workforce plan always says, yeah. you know, the, I know the plan's going to be wrong but, you know, we need to have something that we're working towards, right, yeah. and it's going to be so. more, more right than wrong, So, which, which is true. So I think that for me is is one of the, the biggest mm. challenges that we've got more for the longer term. There's other immediate things like, you yeah. know, Getting people back in the office and you know all those sort of COVID related things, but you know hopefully they're more short term.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And I mean the 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 thing there as well is um, along with having a uh, crystal ball is I think speaking to your people as well and speaking to the frontline staff and speaking to the the other. Um, executive and and senior leaders across all the different streams in the business because the more people are speaking to each other about these um, you know the future of work for example as a topic mm. um the more insight you're going to get and and HR can really use all that information and sort of come up with these plans whether they're successful plans or not but like you say it's it's better to have a plan that, than sort of come in a bit blind um, <laughs> <Exactly right. laughs>
0: um at least that's
1: right that's right mm. um a question that i'd like to ask all guests uh christian um especially someone with, with your experience what would be the um your Top three tips for some of the more aspiring leaders and upcoming leaders in in HR. What
0: would be your sort of three more notable uh, tips for them? Yeah, look. The, the first one is it's probably coming back to what you just said mm. and listening. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's about getting into the business, understanding exactly what the business is about. You know, what are those challenges? What are those um, strategic imperatives? And, and intimately understanding the business because the more you can do that, mm. the better it is then when it comes to you making decisions about what you do from a HR perspective in that business because you have context.
1: That's right. But I think, you know, it's building that business
0: acumen, those mm. sorts of things. Um, the other thing I would say as well is, um, you know, look externally in terms of, um, you know, whatever resources or things that you can tap into, you know, there's so many different networks Mm -hmm. and things like that that you can tap into these days to to keep abreast of what's going on, you know what I mean, because things are moving quick Mm -hmm. um, and it's good just to understand and, again, it helps you bring that back into your organisation, different perspectives and and different trends and things like that. Um, And, look, you know, the third one I would say is... um, you know, it's a bit, a bit like, you know, head down, bum up sort of thing. Mm. <laughs> you know, do the doing, you know what I mean? Like yeah. take some risks, get in there, have a go, you know, make sure that you are learning from those around you, mm. that you're tapping into those those resources within your organisation, those people that can mentor you, you know, and and get in there and mm. and, and do it because I think sometimes People can come into a situation quite early in their career and think, oh, yeah, that's easy, I can do that, that's no worries. But yeah. it's different when you are doing it, you know what I mean? When you're a sideliner and you're, or you're a, or a spectator, so to speak, versus actually being the one to do it, it can be very, very different, you know. Yeah, so
1: that's right. Get in there, that's right. have a go. Yeah, because I guess the likelihood of uh, your your manager getting called to jury duty so you could step in is uh is quite minimal. So <laughs> well, you, never
0: like...
1: <laughs> you never know. You never know. You um, never know. And and look, a couple of quick questions uh, for you before you go, uh, Christian. So um, sure. most
0: influential person. Oh, that's that would have to be my dad, to be honest. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because no, he was. He's the one that sort of taught me my whole work ethic and, and what to do and how to do it and stuff like that. So definitely my dad. Amazing. Best, best uh, lesson learned? Oh, that's a, that's a hard one. Best lesson learned. Um, I would come back to what I said before about, mm. you know, don't look at something at face value and think it's easy. It's different when you're in it and doing it. So, you know, it's, it's very easy to cast judgment or have an opinion, but when you're in the situation, you know, it can be very, very different.
1: Yeah. And I know we're touching this a little bit, but
0: I'm keen to get
1: your preference, um, office, work from home or, or hybrid?
0: Uh, personally, I'm, I'm a hybrid person. Mm. So I, I do appreciate working from home here and there. Mm. But having said that, though, I do love coming into the office and just, bouncing off people and yeah. that, that's what gives me energy so but you know it's horses for courses at the end of the day.
1: exactly exactly it's it's interesting that there's a there's a choice now in in, in today's world of work mm.
0: um who do you inspire oh hopefully I inspire my kids yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they tell me that or not but uh, no like I you know I guess coming back to my what I said with my dad you know yeah. like You want to be able to pass that down to your children in terms of that legacy around, you know, being good people, you know, hardworking people, having respect, you know, all those sorts of things. Love it. And then, not that I can imagine anything frustrates you, but what frustrates you, Christian? Standing still. So I'm one of those people I can't stand still. So uh, <laughs> I, like, I hate procrastination. Uh, i just rather get on with it and see yeah. what happens. Keep and, going. Know, Keep if it doesn't work, I'll change direction and go in a different way. So, yeah. Have you got any um, particular favourite hobby or, or sport? Uh, yeah, I, during COVID, I, I got a bit more into mountain bike riding. Oh, yeah. For all my sins, yeah, with some mates and that, so... You know, I had a few moments where I've come flying over handlebars and stuff oh, like wow. that and managed to stay in one piece, you know. Yeah. But, uh, no, that's, that's been what I've been getting into lately. It's been yeah. good fun. You, you love the adrenaline. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, apart from that, I'm a big AFL footy support us so i like watching of course you would be so, from adelaide of from course adelaide. <laughs> exactly right <laughs>
1: uh, last question for you and um i actually don't know the answer to this even though we spoke quite recently um upcoming retreat holidays or or sort
0: of entered on the bucket list uh, location wise? Oh. I wish at the moment. So my wife is completing her university degree this year and ah. it means we can't take a holiday until uh, Christmas because she's in clinical placement. Oh, wow. But both, both of us are going mad at the moment. It's <laughs> sunny <Sydney> weather, <laughs> being cold. Um, but no, from a work perspective, though, I'm quite lucky. I get to go to some quite nice places. So I'm, I'm off yeah. to the Napa Valley uh, at the um, end of August for work. Um, amazing. haven't been there for... Oh, two and a half years because of COVID okay, um, it will be great to see the team and yeah catch up with them hopefully oh, get some warm weather
1: true. yeah exactly yeah. Well, fingers crossed for you well yeah. look um,
0: th- thanks very much for your time today Christian
1: Um thank I you. certainly got a lot of uh, really um, informative uh, content from that and uh, always good to catch up and have a bit of a laugh um, thank you to all the listeners and thank you Christian again for jumping on and uh, we'll see you all in the next episode thanks Shane okay. Thank you for tuning in to the HR Community Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe and share your views and comments below. This podcast was brought to you by Civitas Talent, the HR and HSC recruitment community. Whether you're a candidate looking for a new role or organization looking to secure
0: brand new talent for your team, please get in touch with us today. Thank you.